All right, so I am sitting here with Amar Thompson, yes. JD's buddy. Yes. Yes. So, so Amar, you're you're an amazing uh, person. I really have to say. Thank you. You uh, you have many talents. Thank you. Uh, so so how should I describe you today? Should I describe you as like uh, a tech entrepreneur who happens to be a music manager, or should I describe you as a music manager who happens to be a tech entrepreneur? Um, I think. Personally, I prefer like the music is a passion. The tech sort of uh, came, like came to me, and I you know ran with it. But the music is more so my passion. So let's go with the music manager, turned tech entrepreneur. I whatever. like that. Yes, I like that. Tell tell the people tell the people a little bit about your your work as a music manager. You you have Russ. Uh, yes. So I don't I don't manage Russ. We started a record label. Him, my brother, and uh, myself started a record label together and. High school. So, so you guys, you guys have been music moguls then from day one. Yes, this is before we even started making music. We were music moguls <laughs> in our heads. <laughs> it's an amazing journey. Yes. Uh, I mean, I guess tell us how how does how does one sort of the process of making Russ happen? Uh, it's really similar to, to the way that tech entrepreneuring works. Yes. Tell us about that. Tell us like tell us that story because I think that's fascinating. We talked a little bit about this beforehand. Yes. Give the people what they want. Yes. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, what's it called? Yeah. So Russ Russ uh, made himself happen. Obviously, there are people that helped with that process, but his uh, his self sufficiency is what really got it done, which I think rhymes with a lot of the stuff that goes on in the tech industry. Um, but in particular, with his come up, it was just being really. Uh, really in tune with what the market was at the time and what was changing, like from knowing like, oh, this is time to be on SoundCloud. And, and then, oh, the streaming platforms are sort of picking up now. And also noticing, you know, mixtapes and things like that weren't necessarily the way to get the attention of the demographic we were going for at the time because the internet was speeding up and hip hop blocks were sort of dying and Instagram and Twitter was blowing up. So paying attention and knowing, oh, maybe we should drop singles until it sort of catches on as opposed to- How did you see that? So Russ dropped, I think, 11 projects. Uh, we did 11 projects independently, um, none of which connected. And then uh, <laughs> it was just uh, after repetitive trial and error, 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 error. It was like, you know, maybe you have to switch up the model. They say the definition for insanity is trying the same things over and over sure. again and not seeing a different result So or expecting a different result. So I think that was what it was. I think he just got fed up with putting up a mixtape, waiting four months, putting up another, and just not connecting. It's like, you know what, I'm just going to give each one of these songs their their proper... And were, did you see other people doing this, or, were, or no. do, was this just an epiphany on your end? I think it was an epiphany for him, and no, no one was doing it at the time. The people were dropping singles, but no one took the approach of a single a week, which was a very specific and... Uh, like that was exactly what he did was a single a week. Yeah, as, as we've said on this podcast, I feel like... Uh, the thing you you have to find that loophole, right? Yeah. You have to find that that needle in the haystack, mm -hmm. and that just takes for, like for you guys, it was just a lot of at bats. Yes, yes. And that's tech and music is the same thing. These yes, days. yes, I completely agree. Uh, the at bats, I think the other thing was just the stick to it. You know, just continuing to do it. Like I said, a lot of people um, would have gave up and would have been almost right. For, you know, right for giving up in the sense where after you give so much effort to something and you know as you know you say oh you know I, I gave that a good shot like I can move on to something else 
it's not you know that's a fair judgment but to have the 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 mindset to to persevere through the, that many failures is where i think the difference was made was just not giving up when it been it would have been okay to give up like it wasn't like he did one or two projects like i'm done he did 11 plus so 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 darkest days what was that like where like uh so most of our days were spent in our basement um our family home was the basement you've probably heard him refer to a lot of the music um and i've seen i've literally seen russ and my brother being there from 3 p.m when he came over after school or something to you know 6 a.m in the summer times i've seen him literally record all night and sleep on the floor like just put a blanket on the floor in the studio sleep on top of that and have a blanket on top of him wake up and go right back into the same song he was working on or, or whatever he was so it, both of them have that uh that dedication to it i think it's just out of you know out of being obsessed and passionate about you know the craft i think that's where most of it when, when did you when when was the day when you were like whoa this is working uh today it's working Oh, so 2014, uh, I'm Nigerian, so we often take like Christmas and summer trips to Nigeria. 2014, we went to Nigeria for my mom's birthday, but we stopped in Paris for, you know, the Air France makes you stop in Paris on the way over, for yeah, a layover. Yeah. And uh, Bugis went on Facebook, my younger brother Bugis went on Facebook, was like, yo, any Diamond fans out here in Paris? We need some weed. <laughs> and he got like a bunch of responses. <laughs> and we're like, there's fans in Paris. And so like five kids pulled up to the hotel and like gave us some weed. Um, and That's we're like, amazing. oh, we have fans outside of America. And you know it because you see it on Facebook yeah, and Instagram. Yeah. But like when, when it becomes tangible, like when they actually come and you see them and you talk to them and they tell you that, oh, we found out about you guys at this and da 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 da. Then it's like, oh, it's, this is a real thing. It's just a matter of like amplifying the same thing everywhere else. Um, and that's what happened, you know, the following years. But I think that was the first like whoa moment of you know we have something going on here. That's so exciting. I I, I feel the same way. Like we have we have an audience in Amsterdam and Norway, mm -hmm. and it was like wait a minute, people in Amsterdam actually yes. want to listen yeah. to us. That's crazy. It's, it's very crazy. It's very uh, you, you can feel the power of the internet when that happens. You're like oh, because this wouldn't have happened without the internet. So yeah. So so then take me through like today. Obviously, Russ, a couple million followers on Instagram. Yes. Uh, you're playing Staples tomorrow night. Yes. I mean, that's as big, it's literally as big as it gets. Yes. <laughs> Besides doing Staples eight times like Drake, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you can play Staples a few more times. Yes, but. that's the next level. <laughs> yeah. Or the Rose Bowl. Super Bowl, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But... Uh, but so, so what does it look like today? How is that different than, than making it, right? Because I feel like you can say, Russ made it now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's that like today is the process different like how do you keep innovating because what i really admire about you is like you're an entrepreneur i can tell yes and you work a process so what's the process today is it different is it the same it's the exact same um, i think like maybe some of the patinas around the entire process may have changed there's more people involved the entire world is watching now so it's a different than you know making music in your basement and you just put it out and see what happened now you know everyone's going to see what you do so that has changed but the actual process hasn't changed he still makes it all by himself on his laptop we still go through the same thing process like russ doesn't music himself but there's the mastermind is like my brother and him and myself as well his manager milan we all contribute in the in the process of the rollout and things like that um so that has remain the same and I think that's why the sauce still tastes good 
because we haven't like added chefs in the kitchen and we haven't yeah. you know sort of like tampered with the recipe that has you know remained the same uh throughout the different phases that we've gone through man so so what's uh are you just like on cloud nine? Is it is it is the is it more stressful than before? Like what what's it feel like? It's more it's more stressful and particularly for him because he's a very polarizing figure. He speaks his mind, speaks his truth. All right, so we had to do it. We had to go get JD and put him in the picture. 100%. I mean, I don't know what we were thinking, but we had to get him back here, get him on camera. Uh, what's up, man? Man, another day in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to today? Uh, man, my boy just got in town. Yeah. Kicked it at the house for a little bit, had a little breakfast, caught up for a second, and now we're sitting in the uh, in the laboratory. I like it. I like it, man. So thank you for bringing Mar by, man. He, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're we speak the same language. Yeah. We're, we're on the same same page. This all one team right here, right? You know, me and him are basically family, so we've been talking about doing a lot of stuff for a long time. So, man, I'm I'm excited to go down that path. Yeah. So, I, so I'm gonna turn it over to you, but but I got I'm sort of curious when I look at you guys, like, how are you guys working together? Do you guys work together? Are you thinking about doing stuff? How how does that work? So this is like an organic friendship more than anything. It, it didn't even start as that, you know. Um, as as you could imagine, the athletic world is really small, and it allows you to connect dots pretty easily. So um, we have a mutual friend in Marshawn Brooks. That's basically his best friend from high school, and that's one of my really close friends. And um, me and um, Marshawn actually connected when Marshawn first got into the league. He was playing for the New Jersey Nets while they were still the New Jersey Nets. And... Uh, a part of the same draft draft class as him was a kid named Jordan Williams from um, from Connecticut, went to University of Maryland, played a little bit in the league. Me and Jordan played in an all-star game together in high school at the conclusion of our senior year before we were going to college. And you know how it is, just staying in touch with guys. So um, like two years later, they both, maybe three years later actually, Two years. Jordan did two years at um, Maryland, so he was two and done, and they ended up getting drafted the same year. And I was back home going to University of Michigan at that point, and um, at that point I, I had several of my boys starting to play in the league, and anytime they would come play the Pistons, we would link up. And uh, Jordan was like, yo, I'm going to be in Detroit, so I'm going to come, come hang out with you. He brought Marshawn with him. And – since then, we've we've been thick as thieves. Yeah, Marshawn's a very lovable guy. All right, all right. So, uh, years later, me and Marshawn, whether we're in L.A., Detroit, or Atlanta, where Amara and Marshawn are from, we uh, always spend time together. And I was at Marshawn's new house that he bought a few years ago, and Amara was over there, mm -hmm. and just naturally all happened. And you know, we just had similar interests. Like you hear how amazing this story is, and how diverse his background. The crazy part is, I knew Amar for like two years, and I didn't even know about the whole music and rest stuff. We just yeah. knew each other. Well, I was gonna ask you. I was like, wait a minute, you knew Amar before Amar was Amar. Like, <laughs> like, like Amar is a big deal now. Like, is this different for you, JD? It's it's That's like hilarious. It's funny how he. I heard him saying earlier how like it's a steady progression. A lot of times, like 
it's been a steady progression for me, so I, it doesn't really dawn on me like that. But when you, you know, talk about it and recap it, it's crazy. It's just kind of like you, like you don't even really realize At it. At all, but, I don't realize. But um, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, initially our bond was made over like South Florida connections because the first school I attended was USF in Tampa, South Florida. That's basically UCF's rival, mm-hmm. and. The only thing is, I went there in the year of 2010, and I only went for a semester. You must have hated it. I, I loved it, but then I ended up not liking it. <laughs> uh, looking I back, know what that one semester means. Yeah, right. Looking back on it, I would have stayed. I was just young, immature at the time, wanted to come home, homesick. Um, but the funny thing is, like I said, USF and U- UCF are rivals, basically. We're rivals, and I think I transferred like the day before we were going to play them. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a thing because, as he said, you know, uh, MJ's kids were down there, Marcus was down there at the time, and I think they had made a little, you little know, 18 and 0 at the time. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I'm saying, <laughs> no, y'all was balling. Y'all was, y'all was balling. I'm not saying that. No, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> y'all definitely were balling. So I. What I'm saying, though, is they made, like, a little comparison about how we were going to play each other. Oh, okay, okay. Right, right. So. Um, did, did you hear jokes, like, growing up about, like, you guarding Marcus? Like, you were the only guy who could guard Marcus? It was, nah, it never got to that point. Never, never hit there? Nah. Me and him never even played against each other. Um, did you know him growing up? Nah, I didn't no. know him. I've like, been meaning to link him. Yeah. That's a fact. Me, me and him have spoke before, like, what's up, but. Nothing I mean, like I think that. the the first question I asked uh, JD and and Joe when I was like mm-hmm. when I felt like we could all be friends, I was like, <laughs> I was like, hey JD, you were like, did you ever have a shootout as a kid with Steph Curry? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I, like, I didn't really have many like um, former player kids friends growing up. I mean, the Piston, like you know what I'm saying. I grew up with. Um, Michael Curry's kids and a little bit of Isaiah's kids before they, but Isaiah moved away from New York and Indiana. Right. Actually, me and Isaiah's daughter Lauren, we went to homecoming together. Get our freshman out of here. here. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's little that's, known fact. That's a fun Fast. fact. So, you know, piston connections, but not too much diverse. It, it actually happened when I got to college. They've written articles about that. Like we had like three or four former player kids. Sons on Michigan, Glenn Robinson, Tim Hardaway, uh, Al Horford, myself, even Mark Bartelstein's son, Josh Bartelstein, the big time agent, he was on our team. So that kind of was a thing, but not until later in life did I get connected to guys like that. But we're but, on a completely different topic now. Yeah, um, we went a little <laughs> off topic. We, but I'm just saying, like, we had, like, basketball connections. So that's most of the thing. We knew a lot of mutual friends, either former teammates and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I remember when the Russ um, topic got brought up because I told you – I was telling you about Strick. Yeah. my One of my boys from back home is a rapper. And if I had to bet on it, I think everyone's going to know his name soon. But that's just how I feel. I think you would – I agree. I think Strick you would agree too. Fire. So I just Real was good. telling him, like, you know – because at the time, me, Strick, and uh, my boy Deshante, who produces all the music, we were messing around back home in Detroit in the studio a lot. And uh, I just kind of randomly brought it up to him. Like, 
yeah, I've been messing around with this music stuff, man. I've just been playing around with music in, in the studio with my boys. He was like, oh, that's funny. I kind of do that, too. <laughs> but on a completely different level, obviously. I did not say that. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say that, but I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. It, it, basketball, mutual connections. And he obviously, I knew about Click. That's the one thing I did know. And I think. I think our business minds gravitated towards each other just because I think we're not to uh, toot both our own horns too much, but I think we're phenomenal um, networkers mm -hmm. and being able to move around and uh, plug the different pieces in and connect the dots. I think we have that similar trait. So I think we always were building off of that, just playing around and brainstorming with click ideas and, and coming up with different possibilities. But I just think, uh, once he told me about the whole music stuff, then, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, this kid is impressive. <laughs> yeah, so what's, what's the secret to, to networking? You guys, you, guys, you guys are, like, networkers. Like, what, like, what, does, that, what does that mean? How do you, what's your secret, right? Uh, I don't think you can even approach it like that. It's either in you or it's not. I was going to oh. say that thing. I think it's just yeah. a personality thing. Yeah. Like, some people have that extroverted personality where they can, like, go out and talk to people and just be able to be themselves, you know, regardless of what circle of people or what environment people you're, you're in. And I think that um, that's just what it is. And I think also playing basketball helped a lot as well because, like I said earlier, just having the experience of being on a team, you know, you're, you're treated differently just because you're on the basketball team or you have different expectations of you at least. So I felt like just knowing how to, you know, comp compose yourself in different settings and all those type of things sort of help when it comes to you know, networking in the business world or in general, period. That's a good point. Um, I do think it's it's nothing you can force. That's what I mean by saying it's either in you or not. I don't think you can necessarily just um, study how to be a networker. I think you can develop it. I think, you know, people evolve and, and um, come outside of their shell sometimes and, and can get better at it. But I do think Amara makes a good point that um, – you know, as when you grew up in the athletic world, you, you gain a lot of traits that you take for granted mm -hmm. and you might not realize that you have them until later on in life. Like, obviously, the cliche ones would be discipline, focus, hard work. Like, you know, if, if you're 11 to 22 running sprints and, you know, training and um, developing a mental toughness that sports teaches you, you know, those are good traits. But I think the networking is – is uh, is a natural evolution of it as well mm -hmm. because you're going to AAU tournaments, you're going to camps, you're, you're being in different environments, you're constantly around like new sets of friends, new sets of kids, and mm -hmm. you know it, it kind of puts you in a situation that you have to be open-minded to learning different cultures and being exposed to different things. So definitely, sports definitely helps. So, so how are you using that today, Amar? Like, t tell us more about like your daily your daily grind. Um. Well, when it comes to that, I, I find myself in different uh, circles on any given day at any given time. So, like, sometimes I am talking to a bunch of athletes or sometimes I'm dealing with uh, artists. But that's also very different from dealing with label execs or music industry people, quote-unquote, because there's a the artist. It's actually crazy how different the culture of an artist is from someone who's actually promoting or paying them to do the music. So just being able to dance in all those different rooms, I think, um, is where I've been able to, to use that most. Whether it's, like I said, dealing with a rapper or dealing with a tech 
investor, you know, whatever it is. It's just being able to remain you, but um, still know how to cater to who you're talking to, because I think it's very important. It's important to like be yourself, but you also need to know who you're talking to and how to speak their language, because you have to, communicating, that's the best way to get the most out of the experience or whatever, it's just you have to So if, if you were starting in 2018, mm-hmm. and in 2018 with nothing, right? No, no Russ, no 2 million, no 10 million followers, <laughs> this, that, right? Mm-hmm. How would you break out today? You have thoughts on that? I would, um, I would definitely, I mean, honestly, one of the first things I would do is, one, try to find a way to uh, be able to afford myself, like financially, because I think in order to be able to do all these things, you need a certain amount of mind space, like where you need to be able to have room to think about what you're doing. Yeah, so I would first try to find a way to like sufficiently provide for myself and whatever my situation was. And then I would just go all in. Like I was telling you earlier, I think in today's day and age, you can pretty much do whatever you want. It sounds cliche, but more now than ever in the history of mankind can you do whatever you want. Like you can appear anywhere, you can literally put something on the internet and the entire world has the ability to gravitate to it, whether they do or not, it speaks to the product, but you can do whatever you want now. So I think it's just a matter of putting yourself into position to where you can actually do it. I think that's what it may be. What do you think, George? Um, I think um, to piggyback off what Amara is saying, it's just like the world we're living in today makes everything so small. Like the world is extremely small now. So um, whether you're living in a city that provides a lot of exposure in New York, L.A., Chicago, or you're living in rural Utah, the world is so small today that if you're consistent on the internet, and I think Amara can speak to this even more through the music experience, if you're consistent on the internet and you know, you're know you always putting out content, and I mean, it doesn't cost much to post on Instagram, it costs nothing. So mm-hmm. I think if you're consistent on the internet and um, you strategically use your, use your network. Yes. Now, I understand people, you know, everyone isn't exposed to having a large network just that they've, they've been able to experience through their life. But part of me feels like everybody at least knows somebody who knows somebody. Like, you know what I'm saying? So Six degrees of separation. Right. So I think that uh, strategically, you know, whether that's you know the cousin of the guy who cleans up the studio. <laughs> at, uh, you know what I'm at saying? Like, how, how often do you guys get hit up? You must get hit up from people that are like, oh, Jordan Dubar is somewhere. Oh, that every day for me, honestly, yeah. Yeah, The yeah. DM is flooded. And so so do you ever reply? Do you not reply? I do. I actually read everything because um, you never know. Like, literally, you never know who's going to, like, contact you. Um, I reply to what I think is the most serious stuff. Like, obviously, you get a bunch of kids who are just like, fucking love yours, da, 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 and they're just saying whatever. Um, but... I just I try to reply to the ones like I bet it I'll check it out I'll check out your page I'll see like whatever you send me I will check it out and I'll see if it's, my opinion is not like the end all be all at all so if I haven't responded or if, or if I don't say something like great don't take it to heart at all it doesn't mean shit honestly um, but yeah I just try to take what I deem as the most suitable and address those ones I don't really um, can't address everything it's just possible. Um, 
Yeah, so I have a, a bit of a different approach. I think <laughs> I think Amara and Ben both are going to yell at me for this, and I'm open to changing this, but <laughs> I'm not a social media guy. Right. But I used to be. Um, I used to be a Facebook guy in high school. and Appropriate for the times. At, yeah, so we're talking 06 to 09. <laughs> This this is like you admitting like something really dirty, right? Yeah. Like didn't this feel yeah. social dirty media classes? Yeah, I, I was a that's, Facebook. I, I feel I like that's was a, a Facebook. Guy. Yeah, I feel like you know not being active on social media in the climate we're living in today—that's somewhat of a sin. That's you know, it's almost admirable as well. Yeah, so, at the same, that's you know, it's yeah. it's pros and cons to it. So I'll yeah. get into that. But the reason I'm like that is because like I was fortunate enough to have a lot of exposure in high school. We had a really good team. We were top five in the country. I wasn't like a top five player in the country, but I was known, you know. I could shoot the ball a little bit. And um, we were on the cover of ESPN, and, you know, my inbox was flooded, like ridiculous, you know. And I was new. Like, you know, this is, you know, Facebook time. Mm -hmm. we, we all are just getting used to it. Yeah, social we were all, media. We were all hoes back in the day. Those, 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 like a Facebook era. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Like, oh, you want to talk? Right. right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So, like, like, like. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. That means something. So, like, that's when I'd say, like, my, you know, my social media presence was, was, was high and it was a lot of action. But even into the Instagram days, I was on Instagram in my early college days at South Florida and Michigan. And that's, you know, 2010 to 12, you know, that's when Instagram was yeah. starting to boom. So um, I was active on there, and me and my friends used to do a lot of funny jokes and post crazy stuff <laughs> and, you know, used to get hit up a lot. But just my natural personality is I'm a little more introverted. So I'm extroverted, but I'm introverted at the same time. Like, if it's a mutual connection, like I know Amara through Marshawn or I meet Ben Smith through my pops or something like that, I'm going to be the biggest extrovert there is. But if I'm just going to meet a random stranger, I'm probably not going to say much. Um, so that being said, you know, social media has its pros and cons. Everything isn't good that you get. You know, so I'm at Michigan and, you know, it might be a Michigan State fan that sends me something unflattering. It might be a person who is a Pistons fan and the team isn't doing well right now, which I have nothing to do with. You know, I'm going to take the I'm going to take the brunt of it. So with I like that, that Pistons fans hold you responsible. Hey man, you got to take the good with the bad. I mean, yeah, I've had a yeah. I've had a blessed life to experience a lot of things. I was in the seventh and eighth grade going to the finals every year and, you know, going to all-star games. And, you know, you can't take all that and don't expect what comes mm -hmm. with it. So, you know, I, I got a perspective on it. But See, that's a mature attitude. Yeah. That, that is, I like that. It is what it is. But with that being said, knowing myself, I said, you know what, I don't need this because I'm going to go viral if I keep, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody's going to screenshot my response to them, and, right. you know. And you know what? You. Yeah. Let me just get off of all of this. So, um so the uh, the point I'm getting to is, you know, I, I use a more traditional networking sense where, you know, if you can get in contact with me, you can get in contact with me. And I still get hit up a lot through my text messages. Somebody will give my number out or, you know, I give my email out or something like that. And, you know, um, it, it, it 
it, it it acts as a way to to filter out a lot of things and and keep things uh, somewhat normal. But I think I'm gonna get back into the matrix soon, man, and get my Instagram back going. He's, Got to. He's been on me about that lately. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I would try to be nice about it, but yeah. I'm, I'm gonna start getting pissy yeah. about it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll be making my return soon, man. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. So, so with with clip, right? Click or clip? Click, click. Like it's a short form of C L I Q U E. C L I Q. Yeah, with, with click. Uh, do you feel like you're like putting Instagram on notice? Do you feel like, or like, huh. or is that just a totally different thing? No, well, I actually stole a lot of their ideas, but um, <laughs> I think it's a complementary app to that. Like I was saying, it's a, it offers a lot of the same functionality and features. It's just from the group perspective as opposed to the individual perspective of just, you know, my Instagram page, this is our click page. Um, but I think it's something where people will be creating a lot of content on click and then sharing that content on Instagram. Who, who's on your wish list for click? Let's get to it. Let's, uh, let's oh, name like some who names. I want to see on there. Yeah. Let's get to it. Obviously the Kardashians, obviously, uh, Drake and OVO. I think they're like an ideal, like they're like the, they're a great example of, what it's about just that whole group they they take a very uh group pride approach and what they do and i like that um that i mean i think i think those two groups the between the jenner kardashian click and the what about joel and b i was just about to say oh, his name. Indiv- oh yeah i think people like that it, but i don't know like what his crew is even though i know he does have a crew i just don't know the whoever name his crew would be that yeah, would yeah, go viral definitely <laughs> Definitely. You know he has a crew. He must have a crew. Definitely has a crew. I just don't know the name. But yeah, definitely. Those type of people I think are great. People who just kind of live that group lifestyle. I think it's something that you sort of tap into between the ages of like 14 and 30. It's like you're spending most of your time with your crew. And then you get older and like you have to like live your personal life. But but like when you're in high school, you're in college, you know, AAU or travel cheerleading or college crazy nights and fraternities and all that stuff is that whole group spirit is very prevalent during those times so those people in that demographic is who i'm sort of focusing on i got a topic for you mar because i'm a little bit educated on the process of how it went for you but i think get it i think it'll be interesting to to hear your perspective just for for those who are who are wondering who may have a great idea and are are thinking about taking that first initial step so you know how do you go from, man, I sent out a tweet, the light bulb goes off, it should be a click app. What's the first step? Like to get you, think yeah. about when you said you had to so take people in Orlando and you know, the whole first initial yeah. step. Yeah, so for, when I had the idea at first, I didn't even pay any money. Like I had the idea and then I forgot about it. Like I, for months, like I didn't even do anything about it. It was just like, I had the idea. I was like, oh, it'd be cool if there was like a group thing. And then I just forgot about it. And like I was telling you earlier, Entourage became the backdrop of my life for like two, three years straight. So after seeing that and, you know, just seeing how the whole thing could play out, this is when I started to sort of focus more so on it. At the time, Twitter was really popular. This is like 2012, 13. Twitter was really popular at the time. So, um, but then it was, I just went straight to Google. I had the idea and then I Googled group social media apps and I didn't see anything that was doing what I was talking about. And then I Googled developers because then I was gonna, I decided I was gonna do it. Um, so I ended up getting a terrible development team from like India who was supposedly was gonna do the whole thing for like $15,000. So I was like, oh, that's it? You know, that's yeah, Google, yeah, yeah. I mean, Facebook started all the 15 grand development costs. Like, cool, let's get it. That obviously went terrible. Um, but it was just the 
to this question, I think it's the it's initiating the effort, whatever it is, whatever it is you're trying to do, it's just taking that first step. For me, it was start with the Google search, um, and I just ran with it. From there, I went on to friends and family. For, tell, tell them for what that means, life. though, like, because I always used to wonder, like, okay, click, like, you got a beta, you've raised this much money, you have these investors, mm-hmm. uh, Diamond, Russ, Bogus, you guys are doing this many shows, like, tell them you literally, like, how do you make an app? You yeah. type that into Google. Yeah. Like, it's literally that. Simple. That's literally right there. I was like, how to make an, literally how to make an app and all these obviously like search engine companies, that, companies that like had done proper SEO started popping up. Um, but yeah, I did that. And it's sort of the same thing that happened with the music was when Apple iTunes first came out, uh, I remember Bugus and Russ Googling how to put your music on Apple, on, on iTunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sure. we found TuneCore. And TuneCore today is, I mean, millions of dollars have been generated, you know, on that platform alone uh, by artists. And it's the ability just to upload your music onto Spotify, uh, Apple Music, so on and so forth. But just it's a, it just comes back to taking the initiative to actually do it. And, you, you know, you can't take the whole journey in like one leap, but it's just following the breadcrumbs. You know, like you do the first little thing and then you'll figure out what you need to do next and you do that little thing next. Um, but yeah, that I think that's the the most important part, and then just following through step by step. Yeah, in my experience, you just have to break it down, right? Like yes. Really hardcore, because otherwise you're just gonna quit, man. Yeah. Just gonna quit. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you've. I can't believe you lived. I mean, you were like, "How do I do an app?" Oh yeah, I mean, I had no interest in technology. I, I can barely set up an Xbox today, and I'm a two K <laughs> champion. So it just shows. We that. are gonna get this switch. <laughs> we are gonna get this switch. I, it gets ugly. I, when I say it, I mean it. We're going to get it. I've lost friends. Hey, man. <laughs> Amara might not talk to me for a day or two out here, man. Do you guys to... have squads or, like, what, what's going on there? Random. 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 I was yeah. a Bucks guy last year. Really? I'm um, close with that organization. A few of the front office people, Ryan Hoover, John Horst, former um, former Pistons employees for my pop. So they're yeah. running the Bucks now and – like to support the home team, and you know, Giannis isn't that bad of a 2K player, so <laughs> he makes it. You're easy. like a closet box guy, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I have I have a few teams. I mean, since, I since we don't have a team anymore, I'm a, I'm an avid Knicks guy. Scott Perry's there, so anytime the Knicks are playing, I'm rooting for I them. Know, you've turned me into a Knicks guy, yeah. Yeah, we got our boy Zoe there. Scott say, Perry is there, is fire, Knicks, Bucks. I think I had eight people send me that that clip last night. Did you see it? Mm-mm. Oh man, tell him. Oh man, yeah, he dropped he dropped my boy Kent Bazemore off. You didn't see it? No, I saw I saw CJ McCollum drop uh, the Vincenzo. rookie from Devencia. Yeah, that's how he could drop that. Yeah, part. that was tough. It's, that Bill's character though. Yeah. Sometimes you know, as yeah. a hooper, sometimes you gotta get dropped off. Like, Luckily, you know? every time I got dropped off, it was at a pickup. And right? No one <laughs> no saw camera. but the fifteen people in there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's character building one on one for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> get um, embarrassed. Yeah, man. I, I don't use the bucks this year. Who have I? You know, two K has changed it's this year. Actually, the worst one yet. You but, think it's the worst one? Yeah. The online play is different. It's oh, like, really? Like when you play online and you know how they have the league online mm-hmm. you playing. Um, the first initial games you got to like win two games to move to the next level. They let you use the elite teams, and then you have to 
go past tier two, and you can use like middle of the pack teams. Really? And then to like mo- like the very last step to achieve the next level, uh-huh. you gotta use like the lottery teams. Oh wow! See, but, I, I don't play on. I play like I just play people like yeah. in person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not the online guy. I, I feel like I just heard like a bunch of like many excuses starting to like <laughs> pop up with both of you. I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> Yeah, they're just the seed, right? Just the small <laughs> seed of like, you know what, man? This year isn't as good as the other. It isn't. Weirdly, we do have an Xbox here. We actually do have an Xbox in the other room. Really? Yeah, but we'll set it up soon. Yeah, we got to set that up before he gets out of here, man. Yeah, yeah. So what are we missing, man? Another, just bef- just, I know this will be a little pre- repetitive to what you just said, but didn't the, um, you start the, la- the label by going on legal zoom? Yes. The, the, <laughs> this is an ad for LegalZoom. This is amazing. <laughs> yes, they, they, uh, I was actually coming home from school and I think Boogus called me was like, yo, we want to go start Diamond. We're going to call it like, so Diamond is an acronym. It stands for, uh, D-I-E-M-O-N stands for Do It Everyday Music or Nothing. And then the, mu- the M is like music or movies or manifest, whatever you want it to be. But um, So he told me that. I was like, dope, let's do it. And then he was like, I think I'm just going to go on LegalZoom. It's like 600 bucks. I'm just going to do it on LegalZoom. Like what's legal zoom? Because I I didn't know what legal zoom was at the time, and he showed me, and then I, lo and behold, a couple weeks later we had you know, uh, LLC and and was up and running, and then after that uh, my dad gave us a couple thousand dollars to get a laptop and put some speakers in the studio in the basement, so on and so forth, and then that was that. That was it. When when was the first dollar you made? Like real like not your dad, but like the first dollar that came in. Do you remember? Uh, I mean, so the TuneCore, the TuneCore like brings in money, but like when you're not doing well, it's like two dollars a week. Like you know what I'm saying? Like nothing crazy. But I would say, um, 2015 is when we started to really see the like what TuneCore could do. And so, so that first time TuneCore shows you, and you, it's like some big number where you like. It wasn't a huge number. It was just a big number for what was going on yeah, at the time. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a couple thousand, but it's like, holy shit. I, I, you, you know, they just we got paid. Up. Yes, exactly. Like This is finally profit for it. I remember the first time my brother, Bugas, did a show for money because they had done t- tens and you know, 30, 40 shows for free. So like, I remember when the first time he got paid was like 500 bucks. And he was like, whoa. Like I just went on stage and did my little songs and... <laughs> I got 500 bucks. Yeah, we're going to do this until this is five grand. Then we're going to do this until it's 50 grand. Then we're going to do it until it's 500 grand. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think those are the first, um, the first times I can remember actually like making money from doing Because everything else, I mean, we were paying for printing up CDs and ugly-ass merch shirts. You know what I'm saying? Like, so we were like paying for everything up front and not really seeing any returns. But like to finally see like something tangible come back was like very... Uh, inspiring and like invig- it gave you the the steam you needed to like sort of push forward. And, what else could be and to put that in perspective, like in an entre- entrepreneur sense, 2015 is when you say you saw, started seeing real money. Tell them when the start was though. Oh, 2000. Like they started making music 2005, 2006. Yeah. yeah. And then ten, nine, ten year grind. How Easy. many people <laughs> can withstand that? That's yeah. what I was saying earlier. It was like yeah. at the point. When they when they got to the point where it was you know actually like money coming in, if they had quit, you know weeks before that or a year before that, no one could have blamed them because. But it realistically, was, they had put in that, so much time. Realistically, that thought crossed a few times. You told me like. Oh yeah, well, because 
so my brother ended up going to college. He went to university. He went to Morehouse College in Atlanta and graduated. But like he had, he dropped out of school for a year to do the music. Didn't work, so he had to, he went back to school. And so even Russ had like Russ did uh, a semester at Kennesaw State, I believe, or Valdosta. I can't remember. It was one of the two. It's good there. Oh, I think it was Valdosta. He did a, he did a, he did a semester at Valdosta State or something like that. Um, and was just like, oh no, this is not for me. Um, so yeah, there were a couple of times where life sort of like got in the way, quote unquote. Yeah. And you think yeah, you, know, you just sure. have to do what you need to do to continue to progress as a regular citizen of society type thing. But um, I think what always what always brought it back home was just the love for the music. That's what really made them like you know whatever society tells us we're supposed to do, we're just gonna continue doing what we're doing, and that ended up working. But yeah, there was definitely times where if you know, they would have quit, you couldn't blame them because they had put in so much time, so much money, you know, so much effort into it. Brain power, like writing all those songs, is like, you know, that's pure creativity coming out of you. You're just literally making up words that, making them rhyme and things like that. So you couldn't blame them if they quit, but, if I, you know, definitely stuck with it and it definitely paid off. Yeah, I love I love what you said. I mean, I, I feel like you guys, the recipe was you worked your ass off and then you started doing stuff other people weren't doing, mm -hmm. right? Like I heard you say, like the CD, all the CD, all that stuff yes. didn't work. Yes. The stuff other people were doing didn't, didn't work. work. Yes, right. Yes, it's so amazing. It's it's inspirational, and now, pretty sure, uh, you know, you guys wouldn't answer. You guys don't even answer uh, Instagram messages anymore. <laughs> no, I'm, <laughs> I'm, mess I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. Some, some, some mess selective. The DMs are flooded, though. That is a fact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, cool man well I love having you we have to have you here all the time anytime man this is awesome I'm gonna this get you I'm fun. gonna get you saying some controversial stuff we're gonna have That's the Twitch easy. showdown eventually <laughs> uh, so we have the Bucks who, who are you gonna be I'd probably take the Raptors right now Kawhi is doing a lot of great things for me alright so we have a Bucks Raptors showdown yeah uh, my wife's from Toronto I'm a Toronto I like Toronto Toronto so. is amazing yeah it's a great amazing city amazing place huh? yeah amazing A Hey, hey, uh, all right, so, uh, yeah, appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, man. All appreciate man. it anytime, my man. <laughs> all right, fuego. Oh, wait, hold on. Jordan has to give his Instagram info. <laughs> oh, Ouch. Um, you can follow me at Big JD yeah. Vibes, Big JD V I B E S Vibes. Big. This is the day. Get him to a million followers and a blue check. Amen. Hey, there, there we go. There we go. Yeah.